Welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Money Ed Podcast. Money Ed is an education platform for young adults who want to better understand personal finance and gain greater confidence in managing their money. Each week, we'll address the important topics within personal finance that really matter to you in an informative yet easy to listen to approach. The best way to improve your personal finance is through education, and we want to provide a place where you can learn outside of the classroom, office, or lecture hall. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Money Ed podcast. It is the 19th of June, the sun is shining, and I'm super excited because today I'm recording the first episode of our newest series, Serious About Saving. And not only is it the start of a new series, but I'm very, very excited to say that we have got a guest on today. And I'm going to share with you guys what we spoke about, you know, the conversations we had, and give you guys a little introduction of who he is, what he does. But first of all, I thought I would just talk about last week's show, which was the last show, the final show of our last series, and a summary of series three, Managing Your Outgoings. I gave my best five key takeaways from the series, and also answered some questions that you guys had uh, on everything to do outgoings. So if you missed that, I want to check it out. As always, I will share a link in the description to where you can find that. And finally, before we get into the show, guys, if you want to get in touch, uh, you can email us and ins- and find us on Instagram. As always, the links will be in the show notes below. And finally, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we would love it if you could leave us a review. You know, the more reviews we get, the higher up in the charts we go, and the more of you that can find out about the show and hopefully benefit from the you know the value we're bringing and the education we're bringing. Because at the end of the day, that's what we want to do. We want to help as many of you as possible improve your personal finance education. So anyway, so today's show is the first in the new series, Serious About Saving, and we're just going to talk about saving in general so like understanding it why it's important and some of the you know main things we need to think about when we're thinking about saving because for most of us saving is one of the most important aspects of personal finance and it allows us to buy things you know go to places you know just do things that we usually couldn't do unless we uh, kept a bit of that money behind so i'm happy to say i'm joined by a good friend of mine david the personal finance coach david how are you doing I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thanks. Very well, thanks. Um, so we're going to get into into the episode a little bit, but what I thought we'd do first is just let you kind of introduce yourself um, to the listeners. You know, kind of let them know what you're doing and how you kind of got into personal finance. Yeah, well, thank you for having me on. Hi, everyone. So yeah, my name's David, and I run the Instagram account at the PF Coach on Instagram. And also the www.personalfinancecoach.co.uk, which is my blog, really just blogging about uh, personal finance, uh, my view of the world and how uh, I've handled money uh, in my relatively <laughs> short life of a young, young guy, 26. So just giving my, my, my view and my opinion on, on how to navigate savings, debt and personal finance more broadly. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, so... I think on our Instagram, uh, uh, I think it was three weeks ago now, we did an Instagram live and it was, it was, it was quite fun actually. I quite enjoyed it. So, um, and you've got a kind of Instagram live series going on at the moment, haven't you? Yes. Yeah, so every week on uh, Saturday at six o'clock till half past six, I have a different uh, personal finance guest on and we talk uh, personal finance, a bit about what a uh, bit about them, the personal finance history, and, and generally we'll talk about a topic. So, yeah, as you said, uh, you were on uh, three, four weeks ago now, and it was great. Uh, and we have different guests on every week. So, if you're interested, if you have any questions, uh, come along, join us for even five, ten minutes, and uh, yeah, hang out for a bit. Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it was it was good. It was good fun, and they've been really good. I've caught quite a few of them actually. But uh, what I'll do is I'll um, obviously I'll share a link to all of David's kind of his blog and his Instagram page in the show notes below. So if you want to go check him out, you can do that. Um, but yeah, so let's just get straight stuck straight into it because you know this is the start of a new series and we're talking all about saving. And you know, saving is one of those things where I guess it's it's probably one of the largest kind of parts of personal finance and certainly one that uh, most people think about. And I think that's kind of it's certainly become a, mo- a lot more prevalent over the last few months given given what we've been through, I think kind of the need to save and the importance of it has really kind of shone through. Um, 
But, you know, let's kind of take a step back a little bit. And I was going to ask you, David, you know, when, 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 did, when was your kind of first experience of saving, you know, kind of thinking right back to when you were younger and how kind of how has your kind of method of saving maybe changed over the last kind of few years as you've grown up? And yeah, a bit of background. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, I think for me, when I was growing up, I think as a lot of people, I was given uh, pocket money as a child. I think uh, I quickly became, you know, realized that while I could buy something each week with it, if I saved it, I could buy something bigger and better over, you know, a few weeks. I think that that's probably the earliest memory. I, I've told this story a couple of times on various podcasts, but I always talk about the, the experience of my buying my first Game Boy as a, as a child. It was a lot of money then and, and wanting the, the, the upgrade to, to the one I had. And so, yeah, that's sort of my first experience of, of saving was, you know, saving a pocket money each week. I, I can't remember how much I got, probably a couple of quid at that age. So probably saving up, you know, maybe a year, half a year for, for, for this. And just, but just having that ingrained at an early age, that if I want something, I can have it, but I just have to save for it first. Yeah, I think that's kind of, that's kind of similar to me. Like I remember, it's, <laughs> it's quite funny, like looking back now as a child, you think all these like, these kind of toys and these games are these massive savings you're kind of thinking oh i've got to save so so long for this but actually in the grand scheme of things it's literally nothing but um yes. yeah no i'm kind of similar to you like i i think kind of i i can i as a kid i didn't you know i wouldn't say i saved so much as when, when i kind of got off a bit of money i'd just spend kind of what i could in terms of if i wanted to buy someone just try and go out and get it um, but I think kind of for me, but like looking kind of more recently, kind of I think was more appropriate and more applicable to a lot of us is kind of my first kind of big experience of saving was kind of my gap year. So like you, like kind of you, I got pocket money and, um, you know, kind of throughout my teenage years, I'd always save kind of here and there for like holidays and stuff like that. But um, saving my gap year and to go away traveling was kind of the first time I really had to put away kind of like four or five thousand pounds and it was um wow. it's quite interesting I, I wasn't naturally a very good saver <laughs> just because i because when i when i was on my gap year i had like quite a few of my friends at uni so and like first year as well so quite a few distractions yeah. um but kind of now i like to think i'm a bit better <laughs> which is good um i think after you go to an experience like that you certainly become you know it's ingrained more isn't it it becomes a yeah. bit more of a, a natural thing yeah, definitely. But kind of, so now you're 26, you've, and I believe you've, you bought your own house. Um, yes. Could you talk us through kind of how you go about saving nowadays and kind of saving for something like a house deposit, you know? Yeah. So how I go about saving, it's, it, it's, I suppose it's different for me now, but certainly when I was saving for, for a house for the first time, it's, it's having, and I think, you know, it's having a budget. It's making sure you know how much you, you want to, to save overall. So I, I mm. like to, what I'll do is I'll set a, a target and have a target amount and then break that down to a monthly figure. So perhaps saving for a house, you want to save um, 30,000 pound and you've got, you want to save it within three years. I know that's uh, 10,000 pound a year. So what, it's about 800 pound, 850 pound a month. Mm -hmm. uh, that I need to save and just breaking it down like that ma makes it easy for me to see how much um, yeah I need to save a, a month and it's it gives me a target to aim for so even if I'm not saving 850 pound a month straight off the bat mm -hmm. I know what I need to be aiming for and the targets that, that I'm aiming for so for me it's just about setting targets about having yeah. goals to aim for targets to save for and if you have to stretch that that goal out a little bit further you know over four or five years again perfectly fine but you know knowing the targets and knowing perhaps if i cut out uh you know something out of my life you know perhaps i take the, my bike to work rather than taking the tube perhaps i only have you know two coffees a week rather than three and it means i can save uh more i mean perhaps i, I cut that saving date down by a year or even a couple of months mm -hmm. um yeah play around with the numbers I, that's that's what always encourages me just seeing the numbers and yeah yeah, definitely. Well, I think you touched on like two serious important points there. First of all, was like always focusing on goals, which I think we'll um, we'll touch on in a little bit. But going back to kind of the the way you kind of broke down kind of your savings, because I think for a lot of people, when you when you first think oh, I've got to save like thirty thousand pounds for a house, everyone's mm. just like, "Geez, like, how am I going to do that?" Like, but as you said, if you break it down like year by year, month by month, even even week by week. Like I know people who kind yeah. of all 
uh, if you, as you said, like kind of replacing getting getting a tube by kind of cycling and stuff like that, just like saving on the day to day, and it does just build up. And I think that's a really important um, and a really good way to think about it is kind of just breaking those big scary kind of goals and like kind of targets down into smaller ones. Um, yeah, I think if if you, if you don't, it's just completely un unobtainable for most people and to, to really visualize how they're going to achieve and how they achieve anything in, in a sense you have to break it down but something with money i think is a big one is you know i can't visualize personally how i'm going to go from here to thirty thousand pounds in three years time you know it's quite it's quite hard for me to think how i'm going to get there without setting out the steps that sort of those small steps each each day like you say each, it mm. could be little just just tiny things those little changes all add up to yeah, you know, potentially a few thousand pound over over a number of years. So, yeah, it's it's really important uh, to, yeah. to for any goals, but certainly just money to set out those steps. Yeah, definitely. And just and just quickly, you know, kind of because I know a lot of people who, as I said before, like aren't naturally good savers. You know, we're, I think a lot of us, especially in society we live in today, you know, if we get money, we mm-hmm. like to spend it. You know, we're we're a very kind of materialistic society. You know, if you had kind of like one little tip for people who kind of like who wanted to try and improve like their saving their ability to save kind of what would what would you reckon what do you reckon uh my, my 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 one big tip would be to have uh a set standing order uh each month that goes into a separate account that isn't tied to your um main bank account or uh internet banking so you can't you can't access it easily to just to transfer 50 quid 100 quid across mm. so for me and I, one of the, again, the one that I, I like to use because it is a standalone account is um, Marcus. They have a, it's, it's a, you know, you can access the money easily, but there's no current account linked to it. You can't, they haven't got an app, so you can't get to it through an app quickly. You know, it, it involves lots of little barriers. And it's, I think the biggest thing there is it's about putting barriers between yourself and your money that you mm-hmm. want to save. So you, if you are trying to access it, you think there's lots of points where you have to stop and think and think, do I need to? Do I need to, do I need to, you know, rather than just logging into internet banking and sw- quickly transferring £10 from your savings account to your current account to go buy the takeaway or yeah. um, quit for a night out. But, but yeah. if you make it harder, it becomes easier to save. Yeah, definitely. I've, <laughs> I thought I've fallen foul to dip into my savings account quite a bit, actually. Um, but no, I think that's, that's, like, that's a really good tip, actually, putting, putting barriers. I think kind of, especially now, like with like modern technology, I think there are, quite quite a few ways we can quite easily do that um but yeah so i kind of what i wanted to go talk about next was kind of and we kind of you touched on briefly before was kind of how important goals are when it comes to your saving because i think you know whatever kind of i think like i've i've spoken on the show so many times about how important goals are just because if you don't if you don't have a goal you're kind of just heading nowhere and so and that that goal could literally be you know if we need a new laptop if you know, we're going on a holiday or kind of as, as we touched on before thinking about, you know, a house deposit. Um, yes. And I think it's, 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 it's just kind of almost impossible not to talk about goals when, when we discuss it, have like a topic on savings because of how much kind of they, inf- how much influence, you know, goals have on our savings, you know, I would, I, would you agree with that? De- definitely. I, I think if you're not saving for something, it becomes so much harder to, to actually save and to keep the motivation because there are going to be days where you come home from work, you have a bad day, or like you say, your, your, your mates invite you out for, for a meal or to go out for the night or for, on a holiday. And, and if your money hasn't been allocated to something, it's very easy to say, yeah, okay, then I, I'll, I'll do that on a, on a whim and then look back in six months time and think, I wish I'd saved it for, for in, instead. So yeah. definitely always have, have a goal in mind and, and allocate your money to something. It might be that you allocate it to a, a rainy day pot in, in a sense and say, I'm mm-hmm. going to have, I'm going to say 50 pound a month just to put aside that I'm going to, I'm going to spend on things when they come up that I wouldn't otherwise budget for. That's yeah. absolutely fine. But it's about having each, giving each pound a job and each of those money, those bits you're saving, give them yeah. uh, a savings pot to, to aim for. Yeah. And kind of, I mean, slightly going off topic, that kind of sounds quite like, a zero based budget i don't know if you've come across that before but kind of the fact that you allocate you allocate up every bit of your money to a certain yeah. thing 100 percent. i'm a big big fan of zero based budgeting i think if you do zero based budget you, it 
it savings and goal savings sort of fit into that um, mm. go hand in hand I think so yeah it, it's 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 the same thing and it's about yeah allocating when you are doing if you are if you do do a zero based budget I I'd say to everyone to do one is yeah when you are doing it and it's a line item in your budget is uh for so for me uh, my goal savings at the moment are you know new mobile phone I've put aside a little bit of money each month for a new mobile phone when I need one same with uh you know holiday i put aside a bit of money each month and that's it's it's just a line item in my budget each month so each month yeah. i'll put aside uh you know 100 pound for holiday 10 pound for mobile phone uh i put aside a little bit of money to make sure i can buy presents for my friends and family throughout the year without having to worry about it when they pop up each month or christmas up. you know so, so, so having and that they're all line items in my budget that are set yeah. set items that go out into a separate savings account and they're separated into those individual goals so yeah. I can see them and, and know what I'm saving for. That's that's interesting because I think, I mean, like, as, as you said, kind of saving or keeping money aside for, like, family presence or, like, for friends or partners, that's not really a goal, is it? It's just kind of a, it's just, as you said, it's kind of something to have for when it happens. I don't know. I don't yeah. know, like, what you'd kind of just, like, define that as. It's like a goal but not almost. I think it's an interesting distinction in this. It, you're, you're right. I think there's, there's a distinction to be made between goals where you have a set target you're aiming for. So mm-hmm. whether it be a new mobile phone, you want to save, uh, you know, £700 or whatever for the latest mobile phone. That's You need to get £700. That's your goal target. You've set yourself a, a timeline to do it in. That's one way of saving. The other way, like I say, we just discussed about presents perhaps, and even to an extent holidays. You don't necessarily have a, a goal in mind or, or a set amount you're saving for. You have a goal, which is, right, I know I need to save money to go on holiday. That Your, your goal is to go on holiday. Same with if you're saving for presents, your goal is to make sure you can buy presents for your family at Christmas, perhaps, or you say buy it for your children or whoever. But doesn't you don't have to set a particular monetary goal to that. The way that I do it and make sure that I'm saving enough each year is to just add up how much I usually spend on, on my friends and family throughout the year. Yeah. add it all up divide it by 12 save that amount each month yeah, yeah. Uh, same with holidays you know i know I, how much i roughly spend on holidays a year or how much i'd like to spend so i divide it by 12 and and set that amount aside each month mm-hmm. doesn't yeah, mean you're going to necessarily spend all of it but you still have a goal just the monetary goal is a bit more uh fluid should we say than a fixed goal like saving for a, a new mobile phone yeah no no that sounds that's sounds right and I kind of want to, I don't want to try to try and stray into a discussion on budgeting too much because I reckon, I reckon we could do a whole other episode on that alone. Um, but another kind of question I had and want to get kind of your opinion on it was, um, you know, when, when we're thinking about kind of goals, especially with saving, we can often have kind of like short-term goals, like you said, you're saving for a phone um, or saving for a laptop or a medium-term goal like a holiday, which may take kind of three to six months of your pay or whatever and then you've also got a long-term goal which is for a lot of people like saving for a house or a car or something like that how yes. would i mean have you kind of have you have been in it have you had to go through kind of uh that experience of balancing all through it like those kind of short medium and long-term goals uh, you you definitely do i think certainly there there is a balance to be to be struck i think you you summed up nicely with the di- three different types but i think when you're going when you're aiming for that longer term goal, you'll often have to sacrifice some of those, uh, you know, medium and short term goals mm-hmm. and have to sort of scale them back a bit to be able to achieve longer term goal quicker. If, if that's, if that's your aim, I think that there's always trade-offs between, you know, the amount of time something takes and how much you're able to, you know, to save each month. So if you want to save for a house quicker, it means you have to scale back in other areas. If you're happy to, if you don't want to scale back in your holidays or perhaps then it's going to take you longer to save for those long-term goals. And again, that's absolutely fine, but there's a trade-off to be had between them. So I've certainly, yeah, when I was saving for a house, um, yeah, you cut back on, on certain areas and certain goals. Um, and then even, even today, you know, I cut back on certain medium-term goals and short-term goals to be able to achieve my long-term goals. And I I think it's, it's about trading, um, sometimes trading one for the other a little bit. Yeah, and I, th- I, th- I think that's the thing with, especially when you're balancing those goals, is that it's just dependent on what you what you really want to achieve with those goals. And I think kind of that's where actually like well, that's where actually kind of physically sitting down, and actually setting the goals, and kind of really thinking about them in detail is really important. Because if you, if you as I've said, I've said on the show a lot of times before, if you just if you kind of set like a generic, oh, I want to save 
money this year or I want to kind of lose weight this year. Whatever goal it is, it doesn't, ha- it doesn't have to be financial. Yeah. If, you're, if you're too generic with it, you're, not, you're less likely to achieve it, I think. And I, it does pay to, I mean, I, I know it probably sounds a bit boring kind of sitting down and assessing your goals and whatever, but I, it is so important. Um, I've spoken like loads of times on the show about using kind of smart goals, um, which I know is quite a popular um, way that people do it. But it's just because yeah. you, get, you get the detail, you go through the detail and you really... And especially with something like a like a long term saving goal, at, as as we said at the start, you know, having to save for thirty thousand pounds is a lot. But with smart goals, you can break it down and make it kind of a lot more manageable. I think. Um, how like how do you personally like set goals? Do you use smart or do you kind of just do your own thing? Yeah, I I I, I do use smart. I don't know whether I I go through the all, all the five stages of smart mm. always, but I probably I probably do, but without realizing it. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. for for me, it's about the visualization and having a clear aim as to why I'm saving for something and what I want to achieve. So for instance, if I'm saving 30,000 pounds for a house, it's because I want to have security. I want to have uh, you know, a nice place to call my own. And it's really, you know, having, it's about thinking what the emotions are as well behind the saving and why you're saving it. Cause again, money is a very emotional topic and it's about tapping into that i think when you're saving and it stop hopefully stops you as well when you have other yeah. emotions that conflict with it to go out and spend that money you think well no because i'm if i spend that thirty thousand pound if i spend you know two grand on a holiday i'm giving up i'm gonna it's gonna take me longer to achieve the security or the the the, you know, the comfort that i want from from owning my own home same mm-hmm. way as uh, I, I i think similar with things like holidays you know I'm saving for holiday because I want a break, I want some relaxation, or because I really want to visit this 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 country or this place. Um, mm. And it's about attaching. Really, I really like to visualise, you know, what I'm going to do with the money and what it's going to be used for, because it helps me to stay on track when then life's temptations come up. So yeah, yeah, that that's how I do it. And yeah, it's all about visualisation for me and, and and really thinking why I'm saving the money and, and having a, a yeah. clear aim in mind. Yeah, that's such a good one, actually. I, I, I mean, I've, I've, again, I've harped on so much about how kind of how much emotion does play kind of on our personal finances and our money. But actually, I hadn't really thought about that. I mean, actually visualize, you know, where the money's going to go to. You know, you can say, oh, I'm going to put it towards a car. But actually think about, think about the car. Think about what that car is going to bring you in terms of benefit. And actually, you, as you said, you might be more motivated to, um, yeah. to achieve that goal, exactly. And I think that also, that can help you with, as you said, we said before, your short-term, medium, and long-term goals with saving. You know, if you're thinking, yeah. if you're thinking, oh, kind of my, my long-term goal is to save a house, but actually I do really want to go away this year. You know, I've had a really tough year. I do want to go away on holiday. Um, and I've been stuck at home for the last 12 weeks because of COVID. So yeah, we've got, <laughs> I need, I'm, I'm going to lose my sanity if I don't go away. Um, so yeah, I think as, that's a really good point, actually. Um, and one I hadn't thought of. So for, yeah, emotion, definitely visualizing important. Um, yeah. But I think kind of, you know, the one thing, what I wanted to come on to next is talking about kind of an emergency fund because it's not something I've actually done before previously apart from this year, um, admittedly, uh, because it hadn't ever just crossed my mind to actually set aside a load of money. But I think it's probably one of the most important things and personally for me now to have that kind of amount of money set aside. Um, And it kind of, I mean, it kind of links, kind of links to our goals because we need to, but I think before we start thinking about these long-term goals, we need to have this level of protection that an emergency fund brings. And I think kind of, as I said at the start, again, this whole period of the last few months with COVID has shown just how many people didn't have that kind of like kind of protection in terms of having enough money set aside. Um, but, you know, so I know you, you, you feel kind of quite strongly about emergency funds and stuff like that. So, you know, let, kind of let us know what your view on it is. Yeah, 100%, Tom. Like, emergency funds are the the staple. I think that, you know, the staple, we talked about the, the budget and how that interacts with saving. The, mm. the emergency fund is is the, the staple of, of personal finance for me, certainly. I think it's it's so crucial to have one because, like we say, we never know what's around the corner. We never know about, you know, there's there's the known knowns. Yeah, we, we all know that the car's likely to need some maintenance at some point, the the boiler might break down, um, you know, we might lose our jobs. You know, we, we know these things may happen in life. Mm-hmm. We never know when, 
but we know they may. And so being protected and the emergency fund is about having that protection to say that if these things happen, they're annoying, but they're not going to cause me undue hardship because of it. And yeah. that's really what emergency fund does. It, it protects you. It's that, it's that insurance policy against yeah. life happening. <laughs> yeah, um, it is re- it's really what it, what it is. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think everyone needs to have one. For me, I talk about having a between a three to six month emergency fund mm. if you're out of debt. If you're if you're paying off debt, it, it, it can be smaller, so between five hundred to a thousand. But mm. having that fund just set aside really does um, yeah, it, it gives me a lot of peace of mind to know that if life happens, I'm I'm in a good position to to avoid uh, derailing my own personal finance journey. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I, as a second, I'm, I'm slowly starting to, to grow mine as we speak. Um, but I think, as you said, it's just that assurance. Um, but it's, I think it's a weird one when kind of thinking, especially kind of thinking about goals and saving stuff like that, because no one, I mean, it's not very exciting to say oh, I'm saving, <laughs> saving money for, for something yeah, that may right. or may not happen. Do you know what I mean? And um, I think, again, that, that kind of, what we touched on before about the whole like an emotional side of things and visualizing actually if something goes wrong i don't want to be in a position where i don't have anything to cover me um yeah i think it's it's like all insurance products they are boring but <laughs> essential you know yeah. no one no one goes goes looking for an insurance product because it brings them uh, you know joy or excitement but <laughs> i don't know many people that do if they if they do so it's emergency fund is, is yeah it's, it's a hard one in terms of yeah saving it's, you're not going to it's not there's no in a sense there's no emotional attachment at the end where you you buy something and you get that rush for, for, from buying the product at the end that doesn't mm-hmm. happen with the emergency fund we always you know you never want to use it if you have to use it it's 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 complete opposite emotion probably so but again it's about having attaching an emotion to it for me and about attaching um yeah the, the feeling and the visualization that if you you know if you're a parent and you have children having that emergency fund means that they can you know that you can protect them perhaps you, you you can keep paying the mortgage for three six months perhaps and make sure that there's a there's a stable roof over their head perhaps yeah. it's um i don't know you're in a in a relationship with someone and it it's that it's that guarantee that if things were to go wrong you know you could leave without having any problems it's mm-hmm. it's it, it's attaching that that reassurance and thinking in the worst case scenario money isn't going to be a problem for me yeah. and that's really how i how i think about it yeah, and I think yeah, I think that's right. I mean, and in in those in those kind of stressful times, you don't want to have to worry about money. I think that's kind of a massive part. And I think, as you yeah. said, why 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 kind of visualization? I think probably plays quite quite an important role in it. Have you kind of have you had any? I mean, I'm sure the last kind of few months have been a bit testing. But have you kind of had any experience about having to dip into that emergency fund and sort of just. <sighs> Any crises? No, no, I haven't. I, I must admit, I haven't had to dip into it. But what it has given me, and it's, I think this is a secondary aspect, is it gives me peace of mind, especially if I'm in a, a toxic situation. So, for instance, mm-hmm. I'll give you an example: is if you're in a place of work and you're not getting on with your boss, or perhaps you're being subjected to some sort of, you know, bullying, or the job just isn't working mm-hmm. for you. Having the emergency fund means I know that if it gets too bad i have a way out that i can i can quit my job and i know i'll be fine for six months you know Mm -hmm. i I think you know we all hope that we get a job within those six months but i'll be fine for those six months so yeah it's not even about using the emergency fund that is is part of it for me it's also about knowing that i can escape situations yeah so important and and money won't be a problem and and you know again thankfully not me but we all know there's people out there who are in you know abusive relationships or in toxic relationships Mm -hmm. with with partners so just being able to having that money set aside, um, yeah, knows that you can, you know, money hopefully isn't, isn't obviously there's other issues there, but money isn't an issue to, to, to leaving. So yeah, for me, it's about, yeah. and, and I have used the emergency fund in, in that aspect. You know, I've, yeah. I've left jobs where I haven't been, been happy, knowing yeah, full yeah. well that um, I've got the emergency fund to fall back on. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really interesting, actually. Again, like something I just hadn't thought of, like if you're kind of in that, I think it's just kind of, as you, it just goes back to kind of the protection and just kind of if something does go wrong because people like you, as you it just never you just never know i think that's that's the most that's the most important part of it for me i think is like the reassurance and like money is money is stressful like it's emotional it's stressful yeah. especially when things are going wrong um and i think just having that peace of mind knowing that 
you know, it, it's, it can all be okay if, say, I just said you have to leave your job or something like that. I think that's massive. And I think it's something that people probably don't quite appreciate. And I think especially, I think more people will appreciate it now, especially kind of given what's happened with COVID-19, given that lots of people have lost jobs. I think now more people will appreciate the, import, the importance for it now that definitely, we've been through definitely. this sort of crisis. Uh, and one thing I would, would just touch on with the emergency funding as well, I, I, is that when you do build it up and as you're building it up, keep it separate. And as I talked about before with other savings, keep it completely separate to your other savings accounts, mm. to your current account, to any other goals you're saving for. This is a goal in itself. It's a, it's a fund in itself. doesn't matter if it's not getting the highest rate of interest. It's not there to make you money. It's there to protect your money. Yeah. And don't, so, so keep it separate from when you start saving for a house, keep it separate from that. It's not part of your, it doesn't form part of your deposit. Mm-hmm. It doesn't form part of your, you know, your car savings account. It, it is there for emergencies only. It's there for things that are unforeseen. And that doesn't include a holiday, unfortunately. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, losing a job and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, just just keep it separate from yeah. anything else. And, and fingers crossed, you forget about it as well. You just, <laughs> yeah. Forget about it, don't use it. Yeah, and what, I mean, young people obviously tend to be a bit riskier as well in terms of the way they live. Um, what would you say to yeah. those people who kind of want to, or who would say, oh, I'd rather save for a, a goal of moving out rather than having that protection? Kind of what, what would you kind of say to them? What I'd say to them is it, it, especially for instance, if you're, yeah, perhaps you're saving money to, to move out of your parents' house. You're thinking, mm. I just want to get, I want to get out quicker. I want to get out quicker. Well, that, that, that's, I completely get that. That is a hundred percent, you know, a great goal to have, but the emergency fund will stop you having to come back when things go wrong is mm. essentially the emergency fund will keep you, keep you safe. Cause we all know, you know, when things go wrong, they start going wrong and they can snowball quite quickly. Mm-hmm. But what the reason I say to keep the emergency fund safe and, and make sure you have one is because the last thing you need is to buy your first house. You, it's an amazing experience. And for then to move in, for, for instance, I don't know, it rains a lot, the house floods, you know, you need to replace <laughs> lots of things or even just something simple like the boiler breaks down and mm-hmm. it's going to cost you, you know, £5,000 to get a new one or, you know, a couple of grand to get a new one or get it repl- fixed if you haven't got that money, then you're now having to take out loans perhaps, or perhaps you have to go out to your parents and ask them for mm. money. It's, it's all things you don't want to do. It, yeah. it, it's, 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 so I, the reason, yeah, if you're looking to move out, have it because it will stop you ever having to go back to your parents afterwards. You know, I think once you leave home, you should be yeah, independent, self-sufficient, and the emergency fund will keep you, keep you that way. Yeah, absolutely. I think <laughs> I've, um, I've got a good friend actually who, I shan't name for obvious reasons. Um, but I think he's certainly been put in a similar situation where he moved out and he knew he probably didn't have enough money to cover if things go wrong. And I remember him just saying kind of he was always a bit worried and just kind of waiting yeah. for something to go wrong. Like, and it's, it's, and I, thankfully, it's, it's all right now. Um, but at the time, I mean, when he first moved in to his new, his new flat, he was just always like, I'm just worried something's going to go wrong and I'm going to have to borrow money or something. Um so it's just, exactly. it's just, it's just a stress relief, <laughs> stress reliever, I think. Um, yeah. But so, kind of moving on from kind of emergency funds, uh, I wanted to briefly talk about uh, kind of, you know, we've we've discussed, you know, kind of the importance of saving and thinking about goals and stuff. And I wanted to talk a little bit about kind of actually kind of where kind of you personally save your money and where people in general save their money in terms of the actual physical savings vehicle, because. There's loads of, I mean, saving your money at the moment gets you near to nothing in terms of interest. And yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna spend a whole, I'm gonna spend a whole episode on kind of talk about interest and its importance in, in next week's show actually. Um, but, you know, kind of, and you've always said you kind of keep your savings like a completely separate account. So you say your bank account. Um, oh, sorry, no, you said your your emergency fund. Sorry. Um, yes. But what kind of uh, what's been your experience of like different savings vehicles? Because um, there are there are quite a few of them. It can also often be quite kind of overwhelming. There are there are, there are, there are loads of different savings vehicles out there, and I think it's as you say, it's it's important to think about interest in a, in a, in a roundabout way. But also, mm-hmm. I think it's also important not to get too um, too flustered about trying to pick the the best interest rate out there. Because yeah. for a lot of us, especially with short and medium term goals the amount you're saving is likely to be very small. They're going to be smaller mm-hmm. amounts, you know, maybe you know, a few hundred, a couple of thousand, perhaps that, that sort of 
range. So the interest anyways, is going to return you, you know, 1% on, 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 you know, 2000 pound is master script is about, you know, what 20 quid sort of thing. So <laughs> it's not going to make, make or break your, your, your savings journey. So mm. I think more about the vehicle than about the, the interest rate you're, you're getting. Yeah. And for, for me, I, I take, I take make use for a few different uh, vehicles. So for my short term and medium term goals, I'll use um, Starling pots or spaces within, mm-hmm. within the Starling app. Um, I think they're really good vehicles for to, to see separate um, your separate pots, and yeah. also to then you can track how far along into the goal you are. So for me, I know I've got a bit of self discipline. I'm not going to touch in, go into them. They're, they're really good for me. Um, yeah. for my short term, medium term goals, just because they're easy to, to, to look at and see my progress. But if you are going to think you might drip dipping out of them, then again, not a vehicle for you to use. Mm. The other vehicles that are out there, um, just to touch on briefly are things such as you've got easy access, uh, savings accounts, mm-hmm. um, which will generally give you the highest rate of interest. Yeah. Um, and those, and I mean, and okay. those are just um, like your basic savings accounts to get with all your basic savings accounts. accounts yeah, yeah. You, they're, they're, they give you a good rate of interest on, on some of the top end ones and allow you to have access to your money um, generally immediately. So yeah, yeah. It's, they're easy access, including the name. And then you've got fixed accounts, which give you a, a high rate of interest and easy access, mm-hmm. but will mean you have to lock your money away for usually one, three or five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you then got uh, regular savers, which are um, mean you have to save a set amount each month. Um, mm-hmm. So typically it can be anywhere between 25 and 200 pound a month. Again, really yeah. good if you've got a target in mind. If you know you want to save 100 pound each month, they're really good because they generally give a high rate of interest as well. Yeah. Um, and then I think the biggest one for, for a lot of your listeners probably and for a lot of people uh, saving for houses, you've got things like the help to buy if you already have one or the lifetime ISA, which gives you um, mm. yeah, the 25% bonus on, on top of your, your deposit. So, th- and that's obviously the, the, the most important vehicle for people that are looking to save, so save for a house. Yeah. Is, um, I, it's, you know, it's unbeatable in, in that sense. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we, I've, I've kind of in the, in the kind of following episode, I think it's episode uh, three and four, I'm going to spend, you know, a whole episode going over these different savings vehicles because Amazing. they're so important to know in terms of the detail and, they often come with a lot of terms and conditions, um, yeah. so you do need to be careful. But I would sort of kind of to not take too much from the episodes going forward. I reckon check out check out episode three and four if you want kind of um, you know the firm details. But that's I think I think that I think for a lot of people often it's just there's there's so many different um, and it's almost a kind of such a minefield in terms of. I can go for this one or that one, um, and we, we all have you know with every bank account we have you know, a simple current account and a savings account usually. Um, yes. But I think kind of what you touched on with the Starling is really, really interesting, actually. I've got, I've got, so I use Monzo um, and they've got similar sort of thing, again, where you kind of, you set aside these pots um, and you can contribute yeah. to kind of them and that sort of thing. But you're right. I think, I think if you're not very disciplined and it, it might be a bit of a struggle just because it's quite easy to kind of just flip and kind of move money in between that, that kind of those pots and your, Kind of just yeah kind of if, if you haven't got if you haven't got discipline and, and all these accounts will allow you to access your money and then like mm. you said there's there's loads of different t's and c's in terms of the penalties you'll pay and all the other bits and pieces but yeah if you, if, if you want some yeah if you're thinking you might be not very disciplined or you want to just save it and forget about it then yeah i wouldn't recommend uh the pots I, i'd go for something yeah. more along the lines of the regular saver which I used when I first started out. So when I was saving for a house, just to give you a bit of what, what background of what I did, I the lifetime ISA didn't exist, so I was using the help to buy, and that mm-hmm. meant you could only contribute um, two hundred pound a month to that. And I was saving um, more than that at the time, so I would use the help to buy ISA with the two hundred, and then anything anything I had left over, I would put into regular savers, um, mm-hmm. which at the time were giving a back an interest rate of about five percent, which seems uh, oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, it's very decent compared to now. <laughs> exactly. I think the highest rate on the regular saver is about two, two and a half percent, which is still pretty good for what, mm. for what the rest of the rates are, but it's nowhere near as high as five. So, yeah, there's a few decent supplies. But I think TSB, HSBC, and First Direct all had really good um, regular savers back then. So, I had a couple of those where I just mm. saved the rest of my money each month. Um, and then I also had, um, I also have a, like I say, I have a Marcus account um, mm. where my emergency fund sits. Um, which is easier because it's just it's it's a separate account it's forgotten about it's not something i include in my day-to-day you know budgeting yeah. and, and uh savings accounts so 
yeah, those are the vehicles that I've, I've used in the past, and I, I've used you know other vehicles as well. Um, but they're they're certainly the ones that I um, yeah I consider I've, that have been most useful to me. Yeah, because Mark, I mean Mark, Marcus is is it the one run by Goldman Sachs? Is that right? That's the one. Yes. Because I think um, I I read a news thing the other day saying that they closed it to new applicants because of how popular it's been. Because it's been the the kind of the highest had the highest interest rate for quite a while now since kind of everything happened. Yeah, um, it's, it's been a market leader since it opened. Uh, probably it, I'm just trying to think when it opened. I think it was December. Not this year, last year would have been about December 2018. I think it opened something like that. It's been yeah. around for a, a couple of years now, um, and yeah, it's, it's been market leading rate uh, pretty much since yeah. the beginning. Yeah, I think. I mean, and it's, it's no surprise that there's so many people kind of flocked to. It. I think. I think kind of they said. I was. I can't remember the exact figures, but I think they said they raised 20 billion pounds in deposits with wow. all the new customers coming in, and they had to close it because um, of kind of regulations. Um, yeah. Which is quite interesting, but it just shows that I mean, it shows kind of how important people see interest in terms of when they're saving. Um, and it, 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 sorry, sorry, just, just, just to say, it, it, it's sad as well because even though they're market leaders and they, they were higher before, I think they, they started out around 1.5, they're down to about a percentage point now, which is still yeah. a market leading rate, pretty much, <laughs> yeah. which is, is sad because, yeah, savings rates for, and that's, and that's why I'm, I'm sure, yeah, you, I know you're touching it in, in various other bits and pieces, but that's why I talk about savings, you know, interest, not necessarily being the be all and end all. And there's, there's other, um, you know, you know, you've got other, other aspects to, to, to save sort of the bigger goals perhaps um, yeah. as well. So yeah, that's why I talk about interest not being the be all and end all because it yeah. is just pittance at the moment. Yeah, it's so poor. Um, but I, th- I think kind of when, when thing, I mean, this is again, like this is, going to be a whole separate series talking about investing but i think kind of when you're looking when you're looking to grow your grow your wealth and kind of grow your money that's idly sitting there savings accounts just aren't aren't the aren't the place to be anymore as, as you said the percentage rate is so low um uh, no I, I completely agree and I, I, i'll just touch on, on on one other vehicle quickly that i yeah. didn't mention which is is slightly it's slightly a left of field but i think it, it fits into the similar risk category as saving mm-hmm is if you have a, a mortgage is to and this is something that anyone that knows me and it follows me on my, my instagram knows i bang on about far too much <laughs> but is to is to pay down your mortgage so and it, it effectively is is the same effect as giving you a the savings rate that you're paying on your mortgage so for instance if you pay three percent on your mortgage if you pay mm-hmm. if you put a hundred pound in there that's the same as putting a hundred pound into your savings account only three percent Admittedly, mm-hmm. the because you you reduce the interest by that same amount, sort of thing. Yeah. So longer term, you get that back. So it's another way that if you are wanting to, and again, it's slightly different to saving, and I, I appreciate it's less slightly left of field because it um you don't get that money back and it's not accessible as easily. But if you are wanting to to save, but you don't want to invest, it's that's sort of next mm. level up before yeah. investing almost, where you, it gives you somewhere to put money where you might get a higher rate of return. Um, yeah, definitely. Longer, longer term. Yeah, interesting. I can't. I mean. I reckon there are probably a few people listening who actually do have a mortgage. Um, shout out to you guys. Um, but that's a really interesting thought, actually. I hadn't, again, something I hadn't really caught. I mean, I haven't had any experience in mortgages apart from kind of the research I've done previously. Um, yes. So just these real, like, tactical things, which are quite quite good. Yeah, and it, it's, it's always something to think about once, even if, you know, you're not on the, the housing ladder yet. It's something to think about when, when you get there, sort of, you know, and yeah. what you do with your money. So, yeah, so it's something to keep in, in the back of the mind if, uh, if it's of use. If it comes, yeah, exactly. And again, check out the Instagram page if you want to see him ranting about down payments on your mortgages. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, one last thing I wanted to touch on, and I don't want to try and bore you guys too much because... It is quite boring. It's inflation. I know. Um, but I think it's quite important because, I mean, at least, at least important to kind of touch over and explain, explain briefly because for those of you who don't know, um, inflation is essentially the kind of the increase in the price of goods and, you know, the decrease in the purchasing power of our money. Um, and so I know that, that might sound quite confusing, but think of a Freddo. So when you were younger, the Freddo was what, 5p, 10p. It's now probably 35p. Um, and basically, as inflation increases, it essentially means you can't buy as many goods or services with your money. Um, and the reason I want to touch on it is because it's one of those, again, like it's, it's very confusing and a lot more plays into it. But it's, the, you've, it's something you need to think about when you're saving because when you're keeping this money, um, 
when you're keeping this money kind of set aside, it's it's going to be steady there, especially with such low interest rates at the moment. Um, the inflation will eat away at the value of your money over the long term, and you'll it will, it will basically lose lose value. Um, I think recently this the kind of it came out with um, inflation was 0.5%. I think that was two days ago, which is a lot lower. So generally, the inflation target for the government is 2%. Um, so actually, it's lower at the moment. So that means the value of your your value of your money won't be kind of lost as much. Um, but I think, as I said, it's important to touch on because, and it kind of goes back to the idea of why it's important to save for something and not just keeping your money away for the sake of it, because if you're just having, if you're just keeping your money in a low interest earning account, your the value of your money is gonna is gonna go down effectively. Um, and David, I wanted to get your opinion on this because I know you and I, we were kind of speaking about it early in the week. You know, it it's just about that kind of idea of saving for something, having having putting your money to use for a goal. Um, and what's I mean, what's your kind of view? On inflation generally, you know, do you think kind of we need to worry? It's something we, as kind of young people, need to worry about. I mean, I, I think it's definitely something we need to uh, know about. I wouldn't necessarily say worry about. I think, and I, I, again, not to go too deep in it because it is mm-hmm. quite a, a complicated topic. But again, each person's inflation level almost is is different. You know, it all depends on the goods we buy as to how mm-hmm. much they go up and or down. You know. I, I, you know, you said talk about those figures, 0.5% inflation, but you know, I think we've seen the price of shopping go up quite, quite a lot more than that recently. Mm-hmm. So, if if shopping makes up a large part of your um, income, if you're, you know, on low pay, you know, you could have that could be really your level of inflation could be significantly higher than 0.5, for instance. So, yeah, um, yeah, but I think it's something we need to be, you know, interested in and and look at and keep an eye on. I think, yeah, it's always important. This is why we talk about, and this is why I talk about goal-related saving is because if your money's just sat there saving in a, mm-hmm. in a current in a saving account it's likely that you're going to be losing money on it because it will be you'll be getting a lower rate of interest than the rate of inflation which means your money's can buy less over the, the longer term so yeah again and i think this fits into what i just said obviously on mortgage overpayments in a sense is if your money's just sat around doing nothing put it to work whether that be with a goal you're looking to achieve whether that be with paying your mortgage off quicker whether it is um you know investing it and, and trying to get a higher rate of return that way um you know do your research on that but again it's if you just leave it in a savings account it's likely that over the course of 10 20 years it will be worth less in real terms than, than what it yeah. is today yeah and i think i think that that's the kind of that's what you need to think about is kind of the value of what kind of your money in real terms because as you said like i mean again a, a quick example the the recent figures came out that it was a 0.5% increase. And what, for those of you who don't really understand inflation that much, what that essentially means is, um, so the government measure the kind of price of 700 goods. It's called the kind of um, CPI. It's this consumer price index. And it has a, it's a basket of 700 goods that you know, the public buy and spend on. It'll be like groceries, um, uh, like all sorts of things. I know clothes, TVs, that sort of thing. Um, and, the, the rate of inflation is, as I said, essentially the rate at which the value, of the, the price of that, those goods increase. Um, and I think what you touched on there is really important is it's, you don't need to be an expert in inflation. You just need to be aware that it, it exists. Um, and again, something like really I'm glad you're on this show because it's something I hadn't thought about is that everyone's inflation is different, you know, especially for a lot. I think a lot of people at the moment, you know, but given that we've been in lockdown, there's been less money going towards spending out, going out and eating, and there's yeah. been more money on um, like groceries and things like that and super- yeah. at the supermarket. So as you said, if you're spending loads at the supermarket, it's going to be, you're going you're gonna to see kind of your, you're going to see the increase in kind of the, your receipts and your bills at the end of the month because you're going to have less money. Um, David, you touched on a really good point. You don't have to kind of, kind of, not something you have to worry about but it's just something you have to be aware about um yeah definitely but so what because i guess one thing so when when you're kind of saving for a goal you know you we you know you put that money to to use um should you know should we be concerned about kind of our kind of our emergency fund kind of losing value so to speak so yeah i don't think you need to to worry about your emergency fund losing value but what i would say is 
to keep reassessing your emergency funds. So mm -hmm. for instance, if you uh, move house, so you perhaps your mortgage payment increases, taking a look at your emergency fund, see if you need to increase it to, to match your three to six months worth of expenses. Maybe you take up, um, you know, maybe you take out a new Sky subscription, you get the latest Sky package, you get all the sports, and so it adds an extra £100 a month perhaps to your, your monthly expenses. Make mm -hmm. sure you reassess your emergency fund. You may need to increase your emergency fund a little bit more to make sure you could pay that over three and six, you know, three to six months. Yeah. So, yeah, just keep reassessing. And it's likely that because of inflation, your emergency fund will need to slowly just gradually increase with the rate of inflation to make yeah. sure that you're still able to pay um, all your bills. Because, again, because of inflation, your bills will increase, your yeah. cost of shopping will increase, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you, you, you don't need to worry about it, but again, make sure you make sure you're aware of it and make sure that you keep every, every year, perhaps you just sit down, check out how much your bills are costing. If they've gone up a little bit, just increase the emergency fund a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, and hopefully you, you, you know, hopefully your emergency fund is in an account that pays higher than the rate of inflation, mm -hmm. but in interest, but if it doesn't, again, I don't, there's not something I worry about. So yeah. just top it up. Yeah, I think, yeah, you have, you've literally summed it up perfectly there, I think. Um, and, you know, so as I said, you know, next week's show is all about interest and interest in inflation, you know, I do kind of, are quite kind of, do have a quite an interesting relationship. Um, I mean, you could call it interesting, I don't know. But uh, I'll, so I'll definitely touch on inflation a bit more next week and kind of definitely build on what we've said already. But um, I think we've been trying for quite a while now, actually. Um, so I think it's probably good and... As I always say, when I start talking about kind of inflation and stuff like that, it's always a good sign that maybe we need to stop. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I hope um, you guys have enjoyed this episode. It's been really, really insightful. Dave, you've like said some really, really good things. I think um, I think the listeners learned a lot. I've learned a lot, you know, just kind of talking to you. So I think kind of hopefully the listeners will feel the same way. Um, but kind of before you go again, just want to if you if you just want to let everyone know kind of where they can find you and yeah yeah so you can find me on instagram uh at the pf coach uh or you can find me online which is www.thepersonalfinancecoach.co.uk and all my contact details instagram my email uh, are all on there and feel free to drop me a dm if you're around and have any questions or just want to say hello always yeah. appreciate it yeah brilliant that's cool well as always guys if you enjoyed the show you know let us know um get in touch with either of us um all our contact details email instagram links will be in the show notes below um and my dog is barking at me um and as always guys have a great rest of the week you know stay safe keep spending keep saving keep doing what you're doing and i will chat to you next week Bye.